This is Pathos from Symphony of Heaven, and you are listening to the Johnny Taco. All right, this is Johnny Tacos here with another exciting and informative and apparently a musical episode of Origin Stories. Today, I have a band, a musical band, not a vocal band. You know, if you like Richie Sambora, you like listening to those albums where it's just guitar, drums, bass, just a melodical feast in your ears then you'll love this band and his music kind of it it kind of reminds like back in the old day to pure moods i don't know if anybody remembers pure moods but uh listening to his music kind of gives you that relaxing feel the the relaxing feel that that just uh just you just want to spend your time with God and just enjoy his presence and just have music just help you tune yourself. But this is a Ves- Vespertine Rising. Hopefully I said it right. Vespertine Rising, a band. Uh, I'm pretty excited about talking to him. He's been talking to me uh, for a couple of months and now pretty excited about being on the show. So let's get it going. And the song that I want to play, and you know that I know that you know that I know that you know that uh, it is about a time traveler. Yeah, you're thinking, time traveler, what does time traveling have to do with being a part of a Christian? Because, you know, who's the ultimate time traveler? Who, who doesn't uh, live by the logic of time? And that is our God. That is the supreme high. That's Yeshua. So a time traveler's journey is the name of the song. And I'm going to quit talking because I'm getting lost in my own thoughts like I normally do. So here you go. A Vespertine Rising here on the Johnny Taco Show.
Traveler. And you know what? We're going back in time. Well, not too much far behind, back in time because he is in Arizona, which is two hours behind us in good old fashion. Tejas, which means friends, if you do not know what that meant, and uh, Native American. Uh, we have Sergio Pollock from a Vespertine Rising here on the show. Everybody clap. Uh, mimic clapping. <sighs> <laughs> All right, hey guy, what's up? Can, Man, can I'm we, doing good. How are you doing today? Can we call you Serge? I am Serge. You can call me Serge. It's, it's kind of been um, low key my nickname since I was like about five years old, which is hilarious because you remember uh, when they had those sodas, Serge? Yeah. So I was a thing back when I was in elementary, middle school. Everybody's like, "Oh, hey, Serge." I'm like, oh, "Okay, I'll take it." There could be worse. There could be worse. Known. How old are you? So. I am thirty-seven. Oh, you're still a baby. You're like you're like uh, nine years, no, eleven years younger than I am. Well, luckily, I I have this like vampire thing going on where I don't really look my age. So when people ask me, I'm like, "Well, how old do I look?" And then I, I sometimes, when I'm lucky, I get twenties. But dude, I'm I'm knocking on forty, and it's weird. It doesn't feel like a thing. You know, you know, I, I thought you were like in your twenties when when we first started talking on Instagram. I was like, oh, this yeah. young up and coming. Uh, musical well, artist here and now you're like i have 50 years of guitar experience and uh oh geez i've been starting since i was about 12 years old but uh, uh this thing this is the vespertine rising thing it uh, started back in 2007 but it just it just never really gained momentum or anything i really didn't put myself into it really really full force like i am now so i'd like to think of it as like a, a rebirth of this project and it's been great so far so well before we get to the to the uh to your project that's what that's usually what uh musicians say my project like the alan parsons project or <laughs> stuff like that yeah. but uh before we get to a vespertine rising uh tell us a little something about your upbringing okay so uh it's kind of interesting because that's why i really uh, like the idea of you know the christian podcast was um my parents are missionaries um i was actually born in guatemala so i was born in an orphanage I'm adopted, but my parents, my dad's a, a pastor and my mom is a missionary as well. And so my upbringing was brought up in the church. And um, I think you might know who Franklin Graham is. So yeah. Franklin yeah. Graham is Billy, Gra Billy Graham's son. He actually baptized me back when I was like nine years old, which is pretty cool. So, um, but yeah, I've always grown up in the church and which is a really cool thing about this music thing is that, you know, always loved connecting music to my faith. And it's just been kind of a hand in hand thing since then. So you this this clearly is to me it it's kind of like a Richie Sambora kind of a album where it's just purely just musical music oh, like yeah, uh, guitar, bass, drums. Uh, did you dabble with all the instruments or did you have help? So when I first started out. Um, I picked up guitar and as most kids in the nineties did, I would listen to like Metallica and listen to these records and try to emulate them. Well, I found out that, you know, I wasn't the best at doing that, but I liked making up my own stuff. So that's how I kind of started. It started with guitar and then I was like, well, okay, what do I do with this? You know? So I, you know, played in a couple bands here and there. And then from that, I became part of this really growing community in Virginia. And a lot of my friends were multi-talented, uh, multi-instrumental musicians. So I was just like, well, I don't want to be the only guy that knows how to play guitar, and that's it. So 
I reached out and, you know, learned bass. And then I really got into piano. And then I really got into programming stuff. And then I really got into engineering. And then I got into producing. And then it just piece by piece. And then I finally got a computer. And I just taught myself, you know, okay, you need to do this. You got to stay in time. You got to do it. it, was, it, it I just became immersed in it. And it, I just fell through the rabbit hole as a lot of, a lot of musicians do. And it just, I just picked up pieces along the way and just kind of added it to it like a utility belt. The the bat the bat belt. There you go. Yes. <laughs> so so um going back because uh, I felt like we haven't really touched too much. Um, going back as a child uh, from you know from a totally different world from the United States. Were you were you adopted? Uh, were you? Um, did you know your surroundings at the age? How old were you when you were adopted? I, I was two and a half, so way too young to really remember stuff. They have home videos, but um, it was more of a, uh, you know, when I grew up, I just, it was just kind of like, that's how life was like. I, I never saw color, obviously, and, you know, it was it was never a thing of like, okay, I'm from here, so I'm different. It was just more of like, thank goodness, because through the years, you know, I asked questions, and I found out about Guatemala. And the place where I lived in Guatemala was literally a third world country. So it was more of a thank the Lord that I'm not there anymore. Like if I had grown up there, I may not be here today kind of thing. Yeah. And, just, you know, and it just a, shows a lot of poverty, yeah. a lot of drugs and a lot of crazy stuff like that. Yeah. And, and it just shows the, the power of God and, and, you know, for him to show his influence to your family, uh, to your parents, to become missionaries and actually go down there and say, you know what, how much is that cute little baby in the window? You know, <laughs> kind of thing like that. But, you know, uh, it, it's just amazing that, that God has told them to be missionaries and then they found their true love, their child yeah, uh, at, a, at a different country. And, you know, here's a funny side story. So my mom growing up was a music teacher but never taught me anything. Because, okay, when she gets to know me a little more, I'm – crazy ADHD so I have a horrible time like uh, being able to focus on things and I asked her you know a couple of years ago because she's like oh you know your music and all this stuff and I was like you know why did you never teach me piano she's a piano teacher and I was like you know that doesn't make sense I should have known this from you she's like yeah I, I couldn't keep you on the piano stool like you would always move I try to teach you something you couldn't pay attention you're just always just running around but I still learned it somehow I still picked it up I mean she played guitar when she was little and you know like i said she plays piano but she's like one of those people that could read music that's that's the difference with me i i can't read music looks like chinese to me but I, <laughs> it's I all by, greek so I, yeah <laughs> I, I play by ear so like i guess mine's different like i can like okay when you listen to stuff on the radio you know you hear the song but i turn into like someone that has like asperger's like i can hear the piano part and then i can break that down into elements and i can hear the guitars and ba I, I basically just piece it apart like you know how iron man has that thing in front of his screen he yeah just does that that's what i can do with songs and that's so, helped me make my own music so so like the the good doctor if you ever watch the good doctor where he goes up uh, and just stares yeah. off into space and it shows all the little uh was it oh, textbooks cool. and stuff yeah that's funny that would be you know if you ask my wife that's probably a hundred percent what it looks like when i'm listening to music because i just i go into this tunnel and it's even worse with my music because I'm so critical. I'll, I'll spend like eight hours just listening to the, the same track over and over until I like I get it exactly right, which is it's time consuming. But hey, but the the outcome the outcome after all oh, that absolutely. that that's where you reap your your 
your rewards. It's like Absolutely. I did this. Uh, you know this this passed the harshest critic. This, this song passed the harshest critic myself, so it's, it's worth going out there to the masses. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I get into points where you know I'll make these songs and they sound really good, but then I'm like, that might sound like something else. Especially with my genre, I, I was listening to um, I was listening to another one of your shows. I think you're talking to Autumn Eve. It was so it was the most recent one. But um, you know, you asked about you know, hey, you know, what's what's your genre? Well, I'm I'm kind of tiptoeing into a genre that's never really been established before. I call it anthemic rock, but it's instrumental. And the reason why I call it anthemic, if you listen to my songs, it, each song tells a story. And, you know, I, I don't think I have the strongest singing voice because a lot of people are like, you know, why don't you sing? I can sing, but I I just, I don't know. I, I've really immersed myself into the instruments telling a story and them being the voice. So the, I love the huge grandiose landscapes and the crescendos and kind of like angels. Like what you're talking about with angels, like, oh man, you know, the instrumentals with his voice. I, I just like that idea of, you know, you close your eyes and that music takes you into some kind of landscape or something. That's, that's kind of my thing. Yeah. And, and it's your gift. It's, it's what you feel comfortable. You know, if Absolutely. you start feeling comfortable doing your, your gift and just sitting there and then it's no work. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't feel comfortable singing, but Hey, you know what? I can get the same message around with, with six strings and I could with my vocal cords. Then why, mm-hmm. why don't I do that? Yeah, that's kind of the point I got to. I mean, I I write like okay, these these albums that I put out this year, I every single one of those songs have lyrics and the, every single one of those songs, you know, is an actual song with vocals. It's just, you know, I was like, let's just take a shot and try something different. Something that nobody's not saying that nobody's really tried because there are a lot of instrumental bands out there, but it's just something that, you know, what would I want to hear if I didn't hear the vo- voices, you know? Where would this song take me? And that's been like the genesis of kind of the, I call it a rebirth of this project. But, um, you know, it was just like, you know, what would I want to hear? And how would I want that musician to interact with me? So that's why, like, when I started this page, I only started this page in January, my Instagram page, which is crazy. And, you know, I just, I I do these, you know, Instagram lives. I'm trying to, you know, because this day and age, the social media is going to take you there. And it's it's hard for older guys like us. It's like, well, okay, what do I need to do? What do older? I, I don't do? know what you're talking about. I'm, I mean, uh, younger. I, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'll always be a Toys R Us kid. I don't know what you're I talking. I say you're, you're, Chris, you're Chris, 25. I thought you're 25. You I, I stopped when my youngest daughter was born. I stopped at 30. Hey, you know that's that's actually pretty fair because when my son was born, I was yeah, I was 30. 30 god i'm trying to think how old i know so i was 33 34 and i was like all right my age stops now because i'm just after 30 though dude like everything starts hurting and then it's just like you cough and you like you're in the hospital for two days it's ridiculous yeah oh where's my drum beats for that (laughs) back pain what's wrong with that Uh, people kids won't understand that you know the seinfeld that was Seinfeld right there. Yeah. So um doing doing being an instrumentalist and learning through ear, mm-hmm. you must have retained like a sponge when you were a kid. Oh yeah. Uh, like from your mom, you know, when she was doing pianos or messing with other instruments, it must have retained something in your in, in your brain. Yeah, and this is going way back but um so there's this 
country band, uh, the Statler Brothers. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but so where we lived in Virginia, um, which is, by the way, everybody, I'm originally from Virginia. Is being Arizonian is just still really weird to me. But um, we grew up right up the street from this recording studio for this country band, the Statler Brothers. And I, at the time, I didn't get it that they're a huge deal. They used to play with like you know Johnny Cash and Elvis. And they're actually in the Country Hall of Fame, but uh, they were our neighbors. Like where my dad was a minister, they went to our church. So their their wives used to babysit me. And then like, so growing up, they do these free shows in Stanton every year and draw like thousands and thousands of people. I didn't know because I was like, they're just normal dudes. But that's where my fascination with music started because we every 4th of July, we'd go and they do a free show and it was just music was just like a thing. It just like drew me in a positive way. and. You know, growing up, it was sports and music. That's all it was to me. And yeah, from an early age, it was just hearing, I could hear these songs and then I could find out how to play them on the guitar, which was ridiculous to me because like, you know, they had tab, literature, and they had, you know, reading notes and I'd take music classes and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. You know, none of this makes sense to me. But then they're like, they figured out how to teach me. And then it just, it was like an atom bomb going off it just exploded from there and uh with that you know because i i too i love a good song that has like great melody that you can get lost to when um when i was young i liked i love that movie the last action hero oh wow i remember that arnold schwarzenegger yeah that soundtrack was just so awesome you had acdc queensryche uh, you know, you had um, you had so many different bands, but to me, the one thing that stuck out was the Queen's Reich song because you had the orchestra in the background, just the the way the drums were were playing. You can feel you can feel that you were there, and it, it was just it was so breathtaking. And you know, music. I believe music is a great icebreaker. You know, you can go anywhere and say, "Hey, have you heard this song?" You know, and then y'all, then you're instantly best friends or worst enemies. You know, if you yeah, like no, that's, Tyler Taylor that's, Swift. You know, <laughs> oh, that that's my wife's favorite artist right, right there. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, dude, and like the tickets, ridiculous. And I'm like, because we we were thinking about going because we went to the Blink show and Blink came to Phoenix and those tickets were outrageous, but we were able to get them and. She was like, all right, well, we went to Blink now, so I want to go to Taylor. And then we looked at these tickets, dude. And the nosebleed section is still like 1200 bucks. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it's about up there with Pink because my wife loves Pink. And every time she has a new tour, she's already got tickets to, to oh, watch yeah? it. And I looked at the tickets, and they were like $800 a piece. And I was like, you know what we can do with that $800, you know? Yeah, no, that's kind of the conversations we had. You know what's really rad, though, is um, Billy Joel, he will um, not sell out the front row of his concerts, and he goes and handpicks people in the stands, all the people in the cheap seats, uh, cheap seats, and they get to sit right there in the front. I think that's a really cool idea. I know yeah. I'll never get to that area, but, like, dude, if I was, like, super famous like that, I'd do something like that. Like yeah. Coldplay, we, we got to go see Coldplay, and they kind of do the same thing. Yeah, what I usually do is I'll buy the cheap sheets. I said it too, the cheap yeah. seats, and yeah. um, and then I'll just go over there when they they upgrade them. Sometimes they'll upgrade them if they don't make a quota. Mm -hmm. They'll upgrade them for like pennies on a dollar. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've seen that even at the Blink show. Like, their tickets being sold that day and like four hundred bucks cheaper. And we're like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, but, but you gotta you gotta already paid that ticket to get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's how they get you. Mm-hmm. So talking about your music, uh, you grew up. You were in a couple other bands. What kind of bands were you in? Oh wow! So um, the, in my area, the scene was like. I want to say it was punk rock, but it was like more of like a punk metal. It was just like, <laughs> they're going to kill me for saying this, but the bands that I listened to growing up was like these bands that you couldn't understand what the lead singer was singing and just super fast riffs on the guitars and just like crazy drums. So like, it was just a cluster of noise, but it was so rad because it was just like, you know, we're getting to play, we're getting to put ourselves out there. You know, we're not really playing for that many people, but you know, we're doing it. We're actually doing it. So um, I, I played in a band like that. And then I also played for a guy that was, um, he did like electronic and um, which is really cool. He um, actually lives in Georgia now. He's doing a whole bunch of different like digital and online stuff now. He, he, I feel like in my mind, I feel like he made it, but I was his guitarist and I would just, you know, his stuff was really um, intricate, but it was electronic. So something different, but I was basically just putting it onto a live show, like kind of feeling, and he would just sing beside me. So it was just the two of us. And then that was like really the last time I really played anything live. Cause after that, I was just like, you know, I, I kind of just want it not to be democratic. Like, I don't, I want it to be all me, all my idea, just me out there. And that's what started this thing. And it started off as just like, really me just trying to figure out my sound myself. And I was, I was a kid at the time. I was like 17, 18 years old. And just learning how to use GarageBand, learning how to use these programs. And I, so I just taught myself through the years. And what you're hearing now is kind of like what it should have sounded like at the beginning. But now I know what I'm doing. And now it's way better. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And, and it takes time. You know, you, you said you're you're coming up to the big four O, And yeah. you felt like, do you feel like now that you're... Um, you finally tuned to the way that you wanted your music to be. Oh, absolutely. Like I think the first, geez, the first decade or so was just me learning, you know, how to do this the right way, what avenues to go through, what techniques to use. And then, you know, where I'm at now is, yeah, it What's crazy is a lot of these songs, people don't know this. So a lot of these songs that I've done, I'll do it in just two days. Like usually it takes guys like, I guess, months and months to write songs, but I will literally go in Monday, come up with a riff, like record it, just think about that riff throughout the week. And then Saturday, I get in here at seven o'clock in the morning and I'll have the song done by eight o'clock at night and it'll be done to where it's like, you're hearing it. But I, then yeah. there are times where it takes me a couple of weeks, but there have been times where I've, I've done these songs because I have such a good um, game plan of how to do it. Like I know how to structure it. I know what to do first and you get the drums and then I just do a solid riff line and then I just build, 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 build. And you know, it, it just, it, it just comes when you get comfortable in your art and you start doing it the way you want it. It doesn't become a chore. It doesn't become a no. job. You know, it, it just becomes something <laughs> like fluid. It becomes a part of you. Absolutely. And it does, you know, it does become time consuming at times, but like you said, yeah, it just, it doesn't become a job anymore. It's just like, 
oh my goodness, I have this. Okay, so a lot of artists will probably say this, but like with these songs, I'll have it in my head and I'm like, I gotta get this out of my head or I'm gonna lose my mind. So like, that's how I think why it comes out so quickly as it does sometimes is just that, you know, I start getting migraines because I'm like, I have to get this song has to get out of me. And then it just, it's crazy. Once you get the ball rolling, it just, it just goes. And it, it's a beautiful thing to witness. Like when it's happening, it's so much fun. So you you said that you're, you're done with, um, are you completely done with, with being out in public doing live show? No. Um, so I would love to be able to do this like live again, because like I, I've been so far attached from when I did live shows when I was younger. Like I know now, like, Hey, I do this, this, and this, I have so many good connections now in the music industry, even local that I'm like, okay, I know people would open for me or I could open for them. The only problem is how intricate my music is now. There's like five guitars going at once. How do I express that or show that in a live format? You know, I could do the loop machine. You know, a lot of people do busking and stuff. You know, I could do the, on the side of the road, like playing this, but then again, I'm like, how do I really capture all my song, like all the sounds because there's going to be like at one point in time in my song, there could be six, seven, eight instruments going at once. So my thing is like, A, how do I do this? B, who do I even recruit that can even play my stuff? Not saying it's too old, God, my stuff's too crazy. It's just like, who would you want to play this over and over? And then three, it's like, I'd have to conduct a whole band. And I've just had, I mean, it's doable. It's just in my head right now, putting that onto a live format, it just sounds like a big undertaking. And and you know it's 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 not a bad thing to not want to do live music, but still get your music out there. Mm-hmm. You know there there's so many avenues now that we have. There's so many uh, social medias or streaming platforms that you can still get your music out there, oh, but, but not yeah. have to perform. But again, performing is really where the bread and butter is. Um, you know, you don't really get a lot out of royalties on your, on your CDs or your, your times that, that it it streams or, you know, any kind of radio play, you get pennies on a dollar for that one. Absolutely. Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'll just say, you know, um, where I learned a lot of how the industry works, there's this, um, you know, Jared letter 30 seconds to Mars. There's a documentary that they did called artifact. And it really just dives deep into basically the music industry as we know it. Um, and I am working with a distributor called DistroKid. A lot of these uh, up and coming independent artists work with them, this company. It's nice, but yeah, you're, you're getting pennies on the dollar. And kind of like how um, Chester Bennington described it was, you know, we work on these songs for like a year, two years, and yet, when it comes out to put them out, a cup of coffee costs more than our our music that we put out. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah, God rest his soul. Yeah. You know. It was actually his anniversary a little while ago. Yeah. But, and- yeah, and that, that just blows my mind. It's just like, even with my stuff, I'm like, you know, I spend hours, days, months, a year on just putting out this stuff, which is like, a lot of musicians will say, these songs are like your babies, like, and then you put it out there and it's like, thank God for where the music is now. With, you know, you can get revenue from streaming. But, you know, if this was still the 90s, like, we wouldn't be making anything. 
It's just you'd be doing it for the love of doing it. And which is yeah, is. yeah, I totally, I totally ag agree with you. You know it, but but it all goes to merchandise too. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have physical merchandise that you sell, or or a place that you 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 personally sell. That you don't go, even though I'm not saying anything bad about using another company because it can help your your overhead. You know they can print them and get them ready for you, but you you don't get as much money as what you do on your own. You know, and do you have a merchandise uh, shop that people can? Hey, I wanna I wanna help support you because it it is a big support. Other than just liking the music and all that, but to actually yeah. buy a, a piece of a memorabilia. Yeah, um, that is a thing that works. Um, so I am working with a local seamstress that has her own company. But um, like what I'm wearing right now is uh, a prototype jacket that they made for me. It's pretty rad. Like it has the symbol and has the band name and everything. And uh, I'll just get this guitar. Um, so I am doing stickers, as you see right here. Um, I have stickers. Uh, I did this on the back of my guitar. But uh, a lot of it is learning from other bands how they did things, how uh, Tom from Blink turned, uh, you know, Macbeth into To the Stars, turned it into, you know, this huge thing. So what my plan is moving forward is working with my friend Jen, who has this company. It's called The Stitch Fit. Fix, F-I-X, Stitch Fix. And um, what we're going to be working on moving forward is T-shirts, um, hats, uh, stickers. I have a one that I'm going to be sending you, stickers. And um, I want to make a uh, type of merchandise store where it's still me. It's still, you know, you're helping out the independent um, person that's putting it out instead of, you know, 10% goes to this company. I... But basically what I want to do is put all my earnings back into this. You know, I'm just building on building this. So it's not like you're going to see me like, oh, well, thanks a lot. You know, thanks for buying this merch. I'm going to go buy some new clothes and put it into it. Like, you know, put it into buying a new guitar or something. No, it would be into, you know, studio time, into, you know, bettering myself on this platform that I'm, I'm trying to build right now. So basically I'm still at – I like to think of it I'm still at – the ground floor foundation. So, a lot of people think yeah. that I'm higher, but I'm still trying to grow for sure. So, so what you're trying to do is make your brand self-sufficient so yeah. it, it can work and feed itself. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to get any of the money to like pay bills and stuff. Like it's more of a, you know, this is independently driven, independently consumed. I just, I want it. I want people to know where their money is going. You know, be like, oh, you know, that song that he just put out, you know, I helped that. Or like that shirt that I just bought, you know, I helped in the creation of this. Like, because me as a fan of other people's music, other these huge bands, I've always wanted to, you know, be a part of it. You know, see that I'm a part of a community. And that's another thing is, she's that's like my my way, like, you know, they say your five, 10 year plan. My 10 year plan is like, you know, this being a community of people that, you know, get to meet each other. Like, oh, we met because of, you know those stories like, oh, well, I met you at a Blink show or I met you at, you know, a Stephen Curtis Chapman show or uh, DC Talk, Christian bands, Newsboys. But, um, you know, I, I want it to be self-sufficient, but even if it's not, I just I want to put out things that people want to be a part of. Amen. And I, I totally agree that because we are we should all be 
bodies, the body of Christ. So we, we should all help each other. Exactly. Uh, you know, um, it doesn't matter if you don't believe, if you're, if you know a person that doesn't believe in God and all that, uh, the only way to show that God is real is by, uh, example, lead by example. You can't just throw a Bible at somebody and say, Hey, this yeah, is exactly. this is you, you gotta believe in this now now no if you do it by example and also by the by your gifts and your gift is music and if you're playing like the song we're gonna play at the end godspeed you know it's 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 just it's a it's a trip it's a journey to find yourself and the only way you can find yourself is through the eyes of your maker yes and that's through jesus christ so absolutely and my thing is just you know we get run, one run at this, not to get too deep in, you know, armchair philosopher, but like we're, you know, we're on this for one go around and, you know, what do you want to do with your time here? And that's why, like, I really wanted to restart this again was just, you know, what, not that like leaving a, a legacy or anything like that, but it's just like, you know, how do I want to move forward? How would I want to express, you know, the love of God? How do I want to express my gift? How do I, what do I want to do? How can I encapsulate all of this? And then how can I bring someone that, you know, may not have had a good upbringing, may not have had this or that, and they're in a low point, but then they hear my song or they see my page and, or they meet me and, you know, it changes them. You know, even if it's just that one person, you know, that's that means everything. And and it just goes to that parable of the uh, left the 99 to get to the one. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, you're, if your gift is, you know, from God and you're out there, um, you know, doing what God had made you for because, um, you know, you stopped a little bit, uh, on there, but you felt empty. You didn't feel like mm-hmm. your, your whole life was actually going the way, uh, it was supposed to go that you felt lost. But once Absolutely. you got, uh, tuned in back into your gift to your music, how do you feel now? Do you feel more fulfilled? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that's a really good thing that you touched on because, you know, when I did stop, there was this hole and, you know, I, everybody's been through it. And that's a beautiful thing. I think that I bring to the table with this music is that, you know, I've, I've lived the life of Zacchaeus. I've lived the life of Barabbas. So I've lived the life of, you know, people that were completely down and out. Society wrote me off. I've been through the valleys and prodigal son, a hundred percent, you know, I, when I came back into the fold with, you know, my music, you know, a lot of things started connecting, you know, I became a better husband, I became a better father. And that's, you know, my hugest um, inspiration right now is my kid, my wife is that, you know, I'm making this music. What it started out was, is just, I was doing it mainly for them. What made them stoked, you know, like if they, if they like it, I know that somebody else is going to like it. And then if it reaches them, then it's going to reach somebody else. And, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get the feedback now, you know, people are like, you know, this song did this for me, this, and this for me. I'm like, that's, that's it. That's like, I don't care if I make one cent off of this. There's no, there's no motivation, you know, money wise. It's all of making that connection. And, you know, that's what it matters. That's what matters. Dollface angle. And this, and, and I get harassed by a phone call. Oh, it's all good. I was trying to hush this. Okay, here. I know what to do. We'll fix this. No Bluetooth. No Bluetooth here. 
but uh but yeah that that is awesome you know and i and i pray that your your music and and just your your soul and your spirituality keep going and keep um keep uh upgrading keep moving forward keep going up but you know um a tree that gets closer to the sun you know gets more uh more power you know when the tree gets closer you know you start uh flourishing better so the closer to god you get uh the more flourishing uh the more fruitful you are to give to your family absolutely yeah and the fun thing is is that you know i've only like i like to say this was like i've literally only started this this might have been a project that started in 07 but I'm, i'm looking at it as it's just started this year so i've put out a lot of material i put out 26 songs two LPs and an EP, which is nuts. But like I like I was talking about, you know, this music, I haven't done anything musically for geez, 15 years. So like I just had to get it all out of my head. So now that that's been established, this next step is going to be so much fun because I um, I was telling you at the beginning, like um, I've been offered to do a score for a friend of mine's movie. He's a filmmaker. Um, he was in Albuquerque, but now he's moved to Tucson. But uh, he wants me to work on a movie for him. So there's, and that's what's beautiful about the music is that it's opening these doors that I never thought possible. Like I'm able to do talk shows with you. I'm able to do, I'm able to do uh, just all these things. And the next, the next chapter of this story is going to be, it's going to be so much fun. I'm really excited for everybody to see it. Awesome, dude. Hey, thank you for being on the show. We're coming up to the end. And you know what? We're going to keep this party going with Godspeed. Thanks again to Sergio Pollock. Pollock, not Pollock, but Pollock. Not that. Absolutely not. (laughs) Yes. And uh, thank you for being on the show. Um, Thank you for having me. A Vespertine Rising is on all major um, streaming services as well as Facebook and Instagram. So here it is. Godspeed on the Johnny Taco Show.
All right, that is the show. I want to thank my guests for giving out their testimony and listening to their awesome music. I want to give a shout out to all the new listeners that happen to stumble upon this podcast. Thank you. It is a Food Network special where you get to learn to make some awesome tacos. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this is not a cooking show. But the one thing I would love to tell you is that you do get edification. You do get fed by the word of God, Jesus Christ, through the testimonies of my guest and my constant babbling. I want to tell you that you did not come here by mistake, that God had a plan for you to listen to this show and possibly, possibly help you out. Just want to let you know you are not alone. There are people out here that are awesome people, that are Christians, that would love you no matter who you are. And just to let you know, you are a child of God, and God is wanting you back home, old prodigal son. want to thank all the new, oops, I already said the new listeners, but I would like to thank all the diehard listeners that happen to listen here. You are the Taco Supreme Street Taco Group that I love and cherish. Without, Like I said, without y'all here, I would be talking to the wall, and that would give ample ammunition to my wife to lock me up for good. Just want to give a shout-out to Chris Johnson, my director, the Street Taco Team. You know who you are. To Finding Hope Festival. I just want to give y'all a word of advice. When you feel like you're alone, when you feel like no one cares, when you feel like the only way is through your addiction, just remember, there was a perfect man that hit earth. There was a man of no faults, no flaws. And he died for your sins. He laid upon that cross so you can hold your head up high and enter the kingdom because God loves you so much that he sent his only son. And you can always turn around from all the addiction. You can always go back into that nice childlike state where you were innocent. All you have to do is just open your heart, give give yourself to God, tell God, Father, I love you, I miss you, I am sorry I've, I've left, but I'm back. And I know you have not forsaken me or left me. I know the path that I've took was for my own, my own uh, devices, but you know what? I see that I am a child and I see through child eyes And once I become right with God, I shall see through adult eyes and I shall see my wrongdoings and cast them away and put them on your altar. And I just want to tell y'all, y'all have a great day. Have a great life. Remember to talk to your father daily and don't have yourself a good day. No good sir, good ma'am. Have yourself a great day. And as for the Johnny Taco Show, 
just to let you know we love you and we'll see you next time play that music chris i said play that music <laughs>